so, Raven. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week, The Pool, from 2018 and directed by Ping Lumpraplone. I hope I said that right. Uh, probably not, but I tried. A lot better than last week when I just said it was the name full of vowels. So anyway, moving on from that, we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. We're joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Joey! Joey! Hello, everybody, yep. and welcome to Talking Terror. <laughs> and yes, I, I oh, am calling the pool, for help. Help. <laughs> <laughs> but you should be called for Pizza Hut, because Pizza Hut will save you in a pinch. <laughs> oh, will it? Huh. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, hey, apparently they sponsor movies now. So if we get Papa John's on board, we can make our movies made. Just have a Papa John's guy show up in the middle of the day. Oh, hey. Product placement. What you need? Get your movie made. Make a dream come true. Papa, Papa. Uh, yeah. well, I mean, the other, you know, Papa John got canceled, so we can just bring back the new Papa John's. <laughs> we don't say that word with the hard R. No, sir, we don't. Papa John, come by first place. Papa. Popper John? Oh, that, that word. Hard R. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That one. We're also joined Indeed. by the psychotic opinion, the man monkey, the Prince of Moore's Day. Happy belated birthday, monkey. Get funky with it. Yeah, it's getting more funky than a freaking hooker who riding away in the summer heat while walking the city. That's right, baby. But it's also who steals that month of love. And so get ready as we sit there and do the thing that you love us to do to you, baby. So pop on those headphones and stay and get ready as we come in your ears for the next two hours with hard nose nerdgasms and movie reviews. The only way the talking chair can, baby. So make sure you listen live. Make sure you listen on Spotify. Make sure you listen on iTunes, Blog Talk. It really doesn't fucking matter. Just as long as you fucking listen and you make sure to stalk us on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, Pride Family? <laughs> yeah. That's how he does it, folks. He must have got my gift of the Prince of Cocaine figure. He just did all the cocaine. Good. Uh, I'm done with the good news. I knew it would be the perfect yeah, yeah. present. Glad. <laughs> and, of course, we're also joined by the man who picked the movie for tonight, The Pool, the very astute, very educated, very opinionated, demonic dean, everybody. Look, the question is, do I even have to say anything? I feel like more than usual, the monkey had just so many words uh, in his introduction. But uh, it's his birthday. Vowels. It is his birthday, so he has the, <laughs> the, 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 the all clear for as many words as he would like to share, for sure. And yes, oh. a happy birthday to, to our very own monkey. <laughs> Thanks, man. 
Ah, uh, see yeah, that? You got a couple months tonight, Loki. <laughs> Use it well. Make sure you interrupt a lot. Happy birthday, mm. All right. Well, for, for, for starters, I happen to get a, a, some packages from my family for my birthday, and one of them is my sister. <laughs> my my sister sent me a package with a Gilmore Girls coloring book, but then – and it's, you know, cute. It's, you know, got shit for Gilmore Girls because, yes, I fucking love Gilmore Girls. Um, And it has shit uh, there about – You're um, the one. And it ha- yeah, I'm the one. I have yeah, I have uh, all the fucking uh, seasons. Uh, <laughs> but to go with the coloring book, she gave me some crayons. They are called offensive crayons, and this flavor is called the porn pack. All right, and just sharing with flavor. you, this you is, <laughs> no because they have the politically incorrect pack. They have the uh, you know curse words pack. This one happens to be the porn pack. And just to give you a hint, it's like some of the colors in this pack. Let's see here. Uh, the first one I pulled out, <laughs> just checking that out to see what the fuck was up, was Ass to Mouth Magenta. Nice. Peg <laughs> uh, Me Purple. Accidental hmm. Anal Amarillo. And then Anal, oh, anal Bleach pe- <laughs> And then Anal Bleach Peach. So these are the kind of crayons that my fucked up sister sends me. <laughs> we never go Ass to Mouth. We know that. <laughs> oh yeah! As soon as I pulled that one out, oh yeah, the diva fucking yelled that out real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you never go that small. Very cool. And soon you could start saving up for that Gilmore Girls tram stamp that you've always wanted. Oh yeah, no. Nah. Uh, <laughs> then the diva surprised me by um, give me a couple Studio Ghibli movies along with the Kiki's Delivery Service Steelbook. So that was very very cool. <laughs> nice. Good birthday gifts. Nice. I like it. Very, very monkey-centric. <laughs> very cool. Mm, very monkey. Awesome. <laughs> so, since, okay, since, you know, you got the green light from the Dean, uh, since it is your birthday, uh, do you want to talk about Boba Fett? Do you want to talk about anything else? Um, you're the lady before yes. we get in the harmony. Hell yes, I want to talk about Boba Fett. Oh, yes, because right. the <laughs> <laughs> this series is done. All seven episodes are out there, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it, it's done. Um, and unfortunately, if you want to sit there and get an action figure or pretty much any toys for this, you just fucking have to get on the waiting list wherever you do your shopping because toys are available some places, but there's a long, long pre-order list going on. If you were like me where you were sitting there trying to get the the new exclusive Boba Fett figures from Target, good luck because all pre-sales are already sold out. But we talk, we already talked about episodes one, two, and three earlier, and now we're going to talk about super, super quick about episodes four, five, six, and seven. All right. And, yeah, cool. It's just, uh, like you said, you know, he, one, two, and three were kind of slow, but then shit starts to get real with episode four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you know what, man? Watching the first three episodes of Boba Fett, I really thought it was like, okay, wow, we finally kind of hit like a a realistic slamming of the brakes. Disney kind of is pushing a little too hard on all of this stuff. I thought that there was just way too much, way too much shit being revealed about things. Way too many, too many things just getting done. Uh, too many reveals into the uh, 
into certain portions of the, the Star Wars universe that I've always felt needed to be left alone. Um, and Agreed. then episode four, episode four rolled around, and I was like, okay, business, pick it up, okay? It got a little more interesting. And then it was just a downhill slide for five, six, and seven. It was so quick, so much fun, so if one, two, and three was the climb, you know, it was, it was four, five, and six, and, and seven were like the, the ultimate descent. Um, and I mean that in all the best ways possible. I mean, you're talking, they brought things in that I wanted to know about, you know, going back to the Mandalorian, giving us, giving us the things that we wanted to see, giving us the things that, that I want to know are happening within the Star Wars universe. So uh, try not to give spoilers because I know there are people that still probably haven't watched it, you know, but you know, well, whatever, man. Look, they brought fucking Baby Yoda back. Okay, Grogu's rolling around <laughs> here. Grogu. We, we got Darksaber rolling out, man, and that's starting to get a little <laughs> little interesting. Um, yeah, dude, you know what? Once they, they, once they bring us to the Jedi Temple getting built, and and Luke and Grogu and you've got this you know the CGI creation of Luke you know using a, 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 a another body double with with Luke's yeah. head and and just getting it's just giving me some hope for some of the fun things that they're actually going to be able to do with this because of the money Disney has you know it's they're, they're just getting better at this and I know people are always going to have their their whole complaint of oh it doesn't look real oh you know that's just fucking weird looking but you know i for, for whatever reason i am able like maybe it's from all my video game playing days like i can totally disassociate i get that you know what yeah there are, are certain things about the, the facial movements or whatever that might not necessarily reflect like like a real physical person but it's so fucking close that i don't Care, man, you know it's like when you saw Mark Harkin in fucking, you know, in uh, in, in Rogue One. Um, so yeah, it was it was great, you know. And, and again, what they can do with Grogu, where they've placed him now, it takes him possibly out of the First Order's dangers. So that could possibly mean that somewhere down the road, Grogu could still be existing, or maybe something happens because all of this is still taking place. Before the sequels that eventually uh, that did come out for for good and bad, but yeah, I like because the, the, yeah, because this is all taking place you know still after Order sixty six you know so you still have that shit going on and then I really dug that park when uh, Luke awakens that part of the mind and again we get to see real shit going on you know from the Order sixty six and the you know the madness that went down you know uh, again I always want them to delve more into that shit. That's why I enjoyed the Star Wars The Bad Bunch is, so much is because even though it's pretty poorly animated, it still takes place during that time. Um, but the, but then also we, we get to see, um, you know, Boba Fett get his fucking shit back. You know, they, they are completely ignoring the original name now. <laughs> oh, the Fire um, Spray. And, <laughs> yes, no longer yeah. the play of one. It is now the Fire Spray. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, Sounds like then, a dragon having an orgasm. Fire spray. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and th- but now we have the Mandalorian getting his fucking sweet new ride, where it's all fucking decked out. It's, it's like a it's like a fucking Mad Max hot rod, you know, goes into the fucking Star Wars universe. You know, it literally has the fucking engine sticking up out of it because it's got so much fucking engine there. You know, it's pretty much got a fucking blower on the top. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, it's a was, Naboo starfighter. That's one of those that actually did kind of give me a bit of like a – it gave me an audible groan, you know? Like it's funny you bring up details that I kind of forgot like there were these little things that I was kind of like, all right, you know what? It's fucking ridiculous, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept it. You know, the fact that this thing can do faster than light travel and stuff like that. Again, it's a Naboo starfighter. Um, I, one of the things that I enjoyed about the, the prequels – was that those little fighters used to have to dock into these rings in order to utilize the the the, the faster than light travel? Um, yeah. So I feel like they're kind of like I don't know. They wanted to get away from like a freighter thing. They want to sell a cool looking toy. And I'll tell you what, yep. man. They probably had a bunch of those fucking Naboo starfighters sitting in a warehouse somewhere, <laughs> and they're probably like, "Holy shit, let's just re fucking tool this thing, and we're gonna re- we're gonna keep the same exact toy. We're just gonna paint it a different color, put a couple fucking accessories on it, and sell it like it's something new, man. Because you know what? I, I yep. know I had one of those Naboo starfighters somewhere. You know, I uh, I, I probably would have been a little bit of ha- I would have been happier had they brought in the Nubian. You know, the uh, Queen Amidala. What's a Nubian? Exactly. It's obviously a ship in the Star Wars universe. It, it does not mean it's Lando Calrissian. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> like that ship had more of a, you know, the ability to carry stuff and, and take people because that's the one thing. Mandalorian is still, for all intents and purposes, he's still a bounty hunter. So yes, I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> you know, like he's got nowhere to put him. What's he going to do, fucking rope him up and drag him in the back of the ship or something? Yeah. No, it's a, no, from now on, it's all vaporizing. <laughs> there, oh. is no, there is no, there is no, there is no more. I can bring you, I can bring you in warm or cold. They're all coming in cold now. <laughs> That's not an option. <laughs> he's got nowhere to put him. <laughs> you know, they're, they're all frozen. They're all frozen from being out in space. You know, it's like a... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but and then when you get to seven, when shit just goes fucking nuts, and then you know, like he said, he wanted to do, you know, I want to learn how to write it, and that's what he fucking does, and it's fucking epic. Like it took me, you know, <clears throat> you know, just back to Ray Harryhausen kind of days with his monsters, and the you know that stylish shit that he would do. And, you know, just to see little Boba Fett hop, you know, bouncing around on top and shit like that, it, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed the, the shit that went down in 7. I, you know, I have to say, I normally kind of, I, I try to retain all the stuff that happens throughout the course of, like, a show, you know? And because mm-hmm. I know callbacks, I know things are going to come back, I, you know, that, that, that's the whole nature of, of how these things are written. I completely forgot about this creature somehow you know like for some reason 
this whole thing like escaped my mind. So like when he ran off saying he was gonna do something, I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. I wonder what he's gonna like. What's he gonna get? Like, is it a weapon? Is it a group of people? Is he like? And when he came riding in on that thing, I was like. Holy shit! I forgot about that thing completely. Man. Uh, you know, the only thing, only thing I was missing there was like a Danny Trejo cameo. Like he needed to come back in somewhere just, just to be cheering. You know, be like, yeah, that is how you do it. You know, something to that effect. Um, and I was legitimately, I found myself worrying about this thing. Because, you know, it's taking shots and it's getting hurt. And, like, I know we had all that. It, it bonds with the first person it sees and all this and that. I was waiting yeah. for at some point while fighting those things. Like, this thing was, this poor thing is going to sacrifice itself for Boba Fett. And, you know, That's here, what I was thinking here too. I am. I'm going to be a mess over a fucking animated, you know, fake, completely fictional fucking creature. But, you know, because they, they, they did the thing like we saw with Love and Monsters last week. You know, it's in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, overall, I really enjoyed the series. Um, I'm glad they were smart enough to, you know, give us some of The Mandalorian and give us get us back into that storyline, and if you will, you know, tie up all the loose strings from season one of The Mandalorian. So now, you know, Grogu and Denjar and you know can go off on their own adventure now, and when season two eventually starts. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, man. I mean, we're gonna, uh, yeah, we'll be be back to rolling and uh, and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I'm thrilled. I am thrilled with the direction that they, they ended up going in. And uh, still, too, just like Mando, and that's the one thing that I I felt like, you know, my, my weariness with the early episodes had to do with all of the the constant, like, hey, we need to answer these, these mysteries of the Star Wars universe. Those were my main complaints. But the things that right. I found positive about Boba Fett were the same things that I found positive about The Mandalorian. And that's by getting back to those original roots of what the original trilogy was. The original Star Wars, well, the original movie, was a Western, a Western set in space. Um, and those are the things that I, I have a lot of fun with. So as much as I dislike Westerns, for some reason I like futuristic versions of them. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Ice Pirates, so, perfect so, example of that. I hate pirate movies, but I love Ice Pirates. Oh, Ice Pirates is so fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, Ice Pirates, Westworld, you know, all that kind of shit. <laughs> no doubt. All right. <laughs> well, we we wrapped we wrapped up the book of Boba Fett. All right. So the, the floor is now oh, yours. You did all right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure <laughs> did. On to Moon Knight, baby. Woo! Being that last week <laughs> Rick, we Rick did Blair's uh, take <laughs> a portion of our program here to talk about uh, afterlife. I just felt uh, the need just to just to recognize. Uh, the passing of uh, legendary Hollywood producer and director Ivan Reitman, uh, and just a toast to the just uh, countless hours of entertainment uh, that he has provided uh, to all of us throughout the years. Uh, big loss. Um, you know, he was responsible for, yeah. you know, so many, so many uh, timeless classics. Uh, that are still relevant to this day. So um, a unique figure and uh, sad to hear of his passing. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, just wanted to recognize that out loud here uh, at the Talking Terror program. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to go around real, super quick, it's like, you know, each of you have a go-to Ivan Reitman. Well, for me, I mean, it's, it's Ghostbusters. You know, I mean, it's always going to be Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too. You know, he, he brought those guys into the world and, and uh, you know, changed my life as a kid. You know, so I know that Dan Aykroyd and Harold Lamus wrote the script, but I didn't put it the film. And he stuck around, and, and luckily uh, he survived long enough to see his son take the torch and run with it with Afterlife. So I was kind of really happy that uh, he managed to make it that far to see Yekta one ride again and, and uh, the guys get back together. And, and uh, you know, it's really special. I mean, he had a ton of movies that he's done. I mean, I love Stripes. You know, Animal House is, is huge with me, but uh, Ghostbusters in part two will always resonate the most with me. Uh, what do you think, Cool? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously, you know, being being the age I was, you know, during the 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 height of his career, you know, for me, Ghostbusters is going to always be something I tie directly to Ivan Reitman. Um, mm-hmm. One of those. Yeah one of those movies that I saw at an early enough age, but also was one of those names, you know, hearing his name attached to the movie. It's one of the things I remember hearing, like even as a kid, like, you know, Ivan Reitman directing Ghostbusters. Um, It's one of the first times I kind of remember that being uh, a connective thread. But, you know, when you look at the the films, all the, like, like the Dean said, all the hours, and hours of entertainment from this man. I mean, you know, for me, again, you got Meatballs, Stripes, you know, which Stripes is one of those that I kind of missed early and saw later. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that that has an obvious, it's one of those where it has that obvious effect on what age you were when you see that movie for the first time. I think had I seen it when I was a little bit younger, I probably would have had a deeper appreciation for it. Um, but as it stood, I think I ended up seeing that for the first time, like somewhere in like the mid nineties or so, uh, like on, on cable. Uh, but yeah, Ghostbusters, but twins, huge film. You know, I remember seeing that with my buddy Gatano in theaters in Staten Island, you know, freaking kindergarten cop, you know, again, you know, and then, then, even to, to later points, evolution is a fantastically yeah. funny <laughs> little science fiction fucking fun piece, man. That is one Theater of those the underrated films. It's got so, so many little comic points to it. And I, I don't, it's one of those that I don't always understand how it got missed. But then again, it's 2001. A lot of things got missed during that time frame. I think, you know, we were reeling from a lot of other films and still had Y2K things going on in our brains, you know. Uh, but then, like, another little funny one that he did was uh, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, you know. And that was, like, you know, somebody that likes superhero movies. And as a cut, like, this is before, this is when the X-Men were still like the superhero films and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies were the super, you know, superhero films, the terrible yeah. fantastic four movies. Um, Ugh. you know, so this those. was like a <laughs> comedy version of that. As somebody that liked comic books, this was kind of like one of those where it was just funny enough because you, you get all the little references and all the things that he's poking fun at without it being one of those, those super slapsticky scary movie level, you know, satire comedies. Um, 
but it was fun. It, it had some, some some good things to it. But you know, then then as a producer, you know, like I always remember hearing his name being bantered around on the Howard Stern show, as you know, Stern would talk about. You know, I was talking to Ivan today, and you know, we're going to do this, 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 and this with the movie, uh, and. Again, it's just just one of those those fun things. So so yeah, you know, for for all the things the guy did, as far as making films, all the things that he did, producing films, and just just everything that he meant to the film industry as a whole, you know, he, he will be missed. But but damn, did he ever leave a fucking legacy, man? <laughs> yeah, uh, for for me, it's like my my first movie I ever saw of his was Stripes. I was seven. <laughs> um, and it was one of those movies I caught when it was showing, like on Showtime, with, uh, during a free weekend or something like that. And my dad was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing?" And I was like, well, "Watching this, whatever the hell it is, you know. It's, you know, it's funny. The, the, you know, this guy is funny. You know, being Bill Murray, you know." And he's like, "No, man, you can't watch that movie." And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause your mom's home. Hold on a second. He was like, "Honey, go to the grocery store. I need to get something." He was like, "All right, now we're gonna watch this movie." <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first time it's like and this was like, you know, shortly after I had just seen Animal House and stuff like that. Um and but it's like this had a feel of with the writing and stuff like that that would carry on into Ghostbusters, you know, of just the friendship and the banter that went back and forth and it's just you know, Stripes just became this you know, just childhood memories for me between my dad and I of just, you know, you know, uh, me growing up as an army brat, him growing up, you know, in the army, you know, did his Vietnam shit. Now he's hopefully trying to cruise through the army in the 80s without any real thing, you know. So he's enjoying the jokes about, yeah, we don't really have any real battles going on in the 80s. You know, this is awesome. He's joined the army now. <laughs> um, it, it'll be super slack. <laughs> um so for me, it's like that, you know, that's my go-to, you know, but uh, Dean, this is like, you know, this is your fucking, you know, 80s and, you know, 90s, and shit. you know, this is your special, special spot for movies and comedies, you know, that we all know, and I wanted to ask you, man, so, you know, what's yours, man? <laughs> Look, what we're, what we're, there's like different uh, lanes here, because as far as his directorial work, uh, you know, uh, so very near and dear to my work, uh, near to my work, near to my heart, uh, is Meatballs. Uh, mm. I I can't even That's express a great uh, how much I love that film. Uh, I was one who, uh, from a very young age, spent every summer at either day camp or sleepaway camp. Uh, usually it would be four weeks at day camp and then four weeks at sleepaway camp. And there are just so many pieces, and granted that that movie you know, came out in 1979. Uh, there are so many things that they got right uh, when it comes to camp and what camp is like, uh, you know, yeah, in that kind of did. 80s era. <laughs> um, you know, camp life, and I did work. I can, Once I was too old to, to be a camper, I uh, continued to work at camps through, through the mid-90s. Came at seventy eight, and you know, I did that in like nineteen eighty nine. Um, you know, I have I have pictures from those eras, uh, and then uh, in the summers now teaching, like I would still work at camps in in the summers. So I've spent uh, most of the summers of my life uh, in camp. So uh, meatballs uh, for sure, um, a huge, huge uh, you know piece of my movie loving self. 
but of course, I mean, there's nothing more that we can say about Ghostbusters. It's just an absolute masterwork. And uh, Stripes as well, which uh, interestingly I, I view as two separate movies. Uh, there's everything that happens mm-hmm. up until the end of basic training when they get shipped overseas. And I think that the yeah. quality of the movie – uh, you know, once they get shipped overseas and and that and they it's discovered that 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 uh, secret vehicle that they took that secret vehicle, I feel that movie uh, you know takes a downturn uh, from that moment for the rest does, of the yeah. way. But it, the first it, three quarters of that film, first three quarters of that film are brilliant, and I completely and totally love Kindergarten Cop. Uh, I love Twins, and I don't know if any. I was talking separately with the with the with the ghoul about this last weekend when this news came out. Uh, he directed uh, a small film with Robert Redford and uh, Daryl Hannah in the mid-80s called Legal Eagles, which is like a weird, quirky kind of legal mystery film uh, that is that is actually uh, pretty good. Uh, and then on the production side of things, uh, you know, because he has a very extensive uh, produ- production uh, filmography, uh, he in the late 80s, produced uh, another uh, kind of comedy that came in the 80s that was a product of its time, and uh, they only made comedies such as that in the 80s, and that one was called Feds, uh, about two women that oh, were dude, uh, yeah. uh, FBI agents, uh, Rebecca and, <laughs> Yeah, and I can't remember the name of the other actress, but that was like a fun like 80s comedy that, you know, made so much of what 80s comedy was so great. And then, of course, uh, the production work that he did in 1997's Howard Stern Private Parts. Uh, so one of my favorites, of course. And then all, like, I don't I don't think I even realized until I was doing reading about Ivan Reitman uh, this week uh, that he had produced uh, Road Trip and Euro Trip and Old School and I Love oh, You, Man. I, I, had, I had no idea. I had no idea. So... Uh, you know, a whole other like era and generation of comedies involved in. So what a career! And uh, and like I said at the top, like had to bring him up and, and offer offer the talking terror toast for, for Ivan. Yeah, nicely done, nicely done, man. Okay, so that said, right. moving into hard news. What do you got for us, Dean? What are we talking about? So. Uh, you know, we talk so much. Well, you guys talk so much sometimes about the comic shit, but uh, Spider-Man no <laughs> uh, has uh, taken the title for the all-time uh, domestic box office champion. Uh, it had broken uh, the previous domestic uh, record, which was the $760.5 million of Avatar. And... Uh, Spider-Man uh, at last check was at 760.9, uh, and they accomplished that in 60 days versus 90 days. Uh, I mean, sorry, 60 days versus nine months uh, for Avatar, and the they're expecting No Way Home to clock in somewhere around 785 million uh, domestic. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting, and uh, in hindsight, to think that still. Uh, Avatar was the domestic champ because uh, I've been saying it all along and I will eat my words, but I feel my words will be true that I feel that uh, the upcoming Avatar sequels, I have a feeling is going to be like one of the biggest colossal flops in, in, in movie history. I hope for James Cameron's oh, sake that I'm, yeah. that I'm wrong. 
I but I that. think that yeah. I think that it's it's going to be a colossal. Um, I might go as far as saying that I don't even know that all five of those sequels will even end up going to the theater. I think it's going to be that much of a flop. But we'll see. <laughs> five. Oh, oh, well, yeah, because, so so they're yeah, going to do yeah, what because, they're going to do with it. Yeah, because Disney went and actually made um, you know a, a small part of their park you know, based on the Avatar movie. And I was like, why the fuck did you do that? And it was like, you know, like, Ghoul, wasn't it like only, only like 10 years ago or something like that they did this? Of the, them making the expansion to the park and it was based on Avatar? And I was just like, why the fuck would you go and do that? Of <laughs> creating a whole theme section to, for Disney World about Avatar. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm... Uh... You know, like I've said, I've said it multiple times. You know, like I saw Avatar the one time in theater, really enjoyed the experience. You know, the immersion of the 3D, the 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 effect of being in that world and all of that. But at the same time, I've never revisited that movie. No, nah, man, all, nah. no, you no. Know? And 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 like the funny thing is, I've never had the desire to revisit that movie. Now, part of that is because in my head, I like to believe that that immersive experience was so wonderful and so magical that I don't want to watch the movie again and start to, like, nitpick at the plot and, like, all the things that, that you know, are, are right and wrong with that film. Um, in my mind, I still like to think of that movie and that whole experience as being tied directly to that 3D before 3D became such a gimmick, before 3D became, you know, again, a gimmick, sorry, um, but where so many movies were, yeah. were starting to be made in 2D and then turned for 3D, you know, as opposed to being yeah, converted completely in 3D. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be a, a, a huge... Flop, I think in comparison to the success of the original film, I think it's going to be a disappointing return. I don't think they're well, ever going to get back to the same level of, of height that that original Avatar movie reached. Um, hell no. I think it's been too long. I think it's been way too long. Yeah, but, said that well, that's, well, that's part of it. You know, that's part of it, and it not only has it been too long, and like you said, Ghoul, my experience was the same. We went and saw it with the 3D. It was a super cool fucking experience, and then we walked out of the theater and barely gave it another fucking thought ever again. Uh, mm-hmm. It did not ever – I don't think it ever built uh, for itself. I don't think the audience built it to be something with legs. Like, it's not something that I ever see, like, aired on television or – you know, on you know, it's not one of it's never became in the rotation of movies that like TBS and TNT and USA and AMC always show, uh, like so many other movies that get shown over the years, even from that time frame. And I, I think that, uh, you know, the the audience for that film ten years ago, uh, you know, I don't, I just don't think that 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 the audience cares, and I think that they're going to have to do a tremendous marketing campaign to somehow appeal uh, to a younger audience. And I just, I just don't know that the, that the interest is there for it. And that's why I have, and I've been saying this all along that, that they've been making these sequels when they announced that it was going to be two sequels to make a trilogy, but then it was going to be three and then four. And then I think five sequels, like every time I was like, this is a mistake. This is going to be a mistake. So I just, I just, 
unless Cameron is able to do that thing that he's done, uh, where he has once again come up with something new that is advances that advances effects and the theater going experience to another degree where it's like, oh man, you've got to go out and see it. I just I just don't yeah, see it working. The, the Navi are going to step out of the screen and start giving you a head in the fucking you know in the audience. Um, <laughs> but that, that, but that's what you're going to do. Yeah, it's like because like you guys were saying that those. The main part of why Avatar was so successful is because it was a new movie-going experience. Like it, something like this had never been done before, of the level of the 3D that was out there. You know, it, it was an experience. People weren't like going to see the movie; they were going to experience the experience. And anytime anyone ever, you know, you talk to people after they saw it and shit like that, they never talked about the fucking plot. They talked about how immersive the 3D was and, you know, how mm-hmm. you were able to sit there and see the layers upon the layers. They weren't – no one was ever fucking talking about how it was pretty much, you know, fucking the Space Marines beat fucking Fern Gully, you know, and that that's all the fucking movie oh, no, is. I remember saying no, that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, every – Everyone that they, you know, that I've, that at least I talked to after they saw it was talking about the experience and the immersion, but no one was talking about the plot and the story and the actors here and there. You know, yeah, it was about the experience. Yeah, the one thing I wonder with Disney, and you know, we have to remember, Disney, besides the fact that they they run the universe with with all things now Star Wars and and. Disney princesses and Encanto is like huge. So they're still, you know, they're still running away with hits left and right, but it doesn't mean they don't have competition. And, you know, their main competition is D is DreamWorks. Um, mm-hmm. So what I think is going to happen, my feelings on what they're going to do with Avatar. I'm wondering if maybe they're going to go along the same routes of like how to train your dragon um, in which, that franchise ended up, you know, being movies, but then they littered it with small series that, like, popped up on Netflix, and I think they even had one that was on, like, a regular TV channel on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're yeah, going to see one that was with on Avatar on Disney+. Plus. So, so there you go. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're going to see that through Disney+, and, and all of that. I think we're going to get these Avatar movies. I think we're going to get smaller. I think they're going to look to build Avatar as a... I think that's the new experience, and that's why they may be catering towards a younger crowd, um, which would be smart on their part. You know, you might as well get a new audience. Cause I don't think the old audience, like like the dean said, is really going to be all that interested. I know I will. I probably end up going to see it more than likely. Do I really want to? Yeah, no. So you know, I, I may wait for it to to come home. You know, as I've done with a, a lot of other movies. You know, No Way Home one of the few movies to get me out, but, you know, like as of right now, my A-list is, is suspended, and, you know, there's, there's a couple movies coming soon, like Doctor Strange and stuff like that, but I'm, uh, I'm not, like, running to, to, to go see anything at, at this point, so, other than concerts. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> so, Indeed. we have talked about, moving on, uh, we have talked about the upcoming uh, Texas Chainsaw Master game uh, from Gun Interactive, the same company behind the Friday the 13th game, which I still have not played. Uh, and we know now, check, the, check, the, check the count yeah. check the count up clock on the Talking Terror page. <laughs> we know that 
uh, Leatherface is not the only killer. This game will also feature the cook and the hitchhiker, but the game will also be introducing new family members for players to choose from, and the format will have three killers uh, hunting four victims different than the Friday the 13th format of Jason uh, versus seven camp counselors. Uh, Kane Hodder, who has done uh, the motion capture uh, for the Leatherface character, has hinted that other Texas Chainsaw Master alumni have done some motion capture as well. Uh, And, you know, this news coming with the fact that uh, this Friday the 18th, uh, we'll see the Netflix debut of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film uh, that, um, you know, there's mixed hopes for it, I suppose. But director David uh, Blue uh, Garcia, I think, I can't read my shit, yep. said uh, yep. that uh, producer Fetty Alvarez uh, wanted, wanted the film as bloody as possible. So, mm. remains to Not be necessary. seen. Mm. Uh, so, so, King, you, I know you were doing a lot of research about this game and stuff like that, and you, you, did you say something about, like, this is not going to have a single-player mode? No, it's going to be strictly multiplayer, uh, like the original Friday 13th game. Um, so it's just going to be multiplayer. Uh, you know, you get online and do your thing. I know the Evil Dead game that's going to be coming out uh, this year as well, they delayed production of it because they wanted to make a single-player option. So they were anticipating people wanting to play it on a single level campaign. So they did that. But with this Texas Chainsaw game, though, they are just strictly doing multiplayer online. So a bit of a disappointment, you know, if you're like me and you just like to play games by yourself. But, uh, you know, it's, it's still going to be fun to check out. But it, as far as Freddy Alvarez saying he wants to make Texas Chainsaw Massacre a bloodbath, you don't need to. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, we're in 2022 People want to see blood. They want to see, you know, heads getting chopped off and, and people being eviscerated. But go back to 74. Not a drop of blood in that movie. I mean, there are flex, but, you know, that movie still holds up without having all the gore in it. So if they can make a movie like that and still make it hold up, I think that they could do it very easily with this one. But people want blood nowadays. You know, they, they want to see, you know, the bodies, you know, fall to the floor. So I get it, you know, but it's just like, ah, it's unnecessary. You can make a yeah, and, <laughs> and I know the king has been shopping. King, did you actually find the console yet, or are you still looking? Oh no, they're all out. Yeah, I, I checked everywhere. You know, they're like, yeah. Best bet is just to sign up for Sony's, uh, you know, list. You know, and they'll tell you when the console is available and how you can get it. So yeah, so I, it doesn't look like I'm going to be returning to gaming for a very long time because I am not that interested and hunting one down. Like if one becomes available, cool. If it doesn't, that's cool too. You know, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'll just watch my YouTube Let's Play videos when those games come out. <laughs> and I'll just be like, wow, that's so cool. Like, yeah, that's how I do it, you know. Uh, you know, there's a guy called Rad Brad on YouTube that I follow, and he plays all the new games. And I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's awesome. You know, seeing these graphics and how they play out, I, you know, I don't have to play it. I can watch it. And I'm happy with that. All right, cool. Nope. <laughs> I'll never be able to watch people play video games. I enjoy it. I, I don't know why. I just I guess because I don't have one. I just enjoy somebody experiencing it and seeing the decisions that they make. Um, I don't know. It's kind of fun for me, other than my nine one one calls that I listen to before bed. And that's just you know, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> 
All right, Dean. So what's next? What do you got? So we know that the uh, Nope trailer uh, is now out. Uh, it was released online as well as during the Super Bowl. Uh, Universal has said that this film, Nope, is a horror event and that this nope. is Jordan Peele's attempt to reimagine the summer movie with a pop nightmare and an expansive horror epic. So uh, nope. they're putting a lot behind it, and we can look forward to seeing it <laughs> uh, July 26th. Yep. yep. <laughs> did, 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 did anybody watch the trailer? I guess. Yes. Yeah. I missed it. I must have been out smoking a cigarette <laughs> during the Super Bowl. Because no, I was, I was, not, I was, I was watching it again. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, for those of you who missed it during the Super Bowl, go to the Talking Terror Facebook page where you can check out the trailer for Nope. <laughs> That's a yup from me, dog. Yeah, I, uh, I'll be there to see it. Uh, what would you guys think? I, I really it. had trouble making out, like, what this fucking movie is going to be about. So uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean it's I'm so not – it doesn't mean my interest level has changed, but I was just like – all right, this is great, some footage, whatever, but I'm still not exactly sure what's going on. I like it that way. I think so I like the trailer. I, I think that falls into Jordan Peele's, you know, previous movies as well, though. You know what I mean? You, you kind of mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on based on the title or the, uh, or the trailers for them. I would think out of all three of the movies, this one actually, the trailer seems to be... It, to me, it seems like it's the most explanatory. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like we're getting an yeah. alien invasion type of movie yep. just through, you know, the perspective of having a a main, you know, African-American cast, uh, as Jordan Peele tends to, to, to go with, uh, which you know, should be an interesting take on that, on that genre, uh, if that is indeed what it is. You know, we've also seen him take expectation and subvert it with his other two movies. So maybe it's something more, maybe it's something less. I don't know. Well, uh, nope. You know, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Stay tuned for this summer when the movie drops. But, all right, Dean, what's next? What do you got? Yep. July 27th. Uh, yes. So, uh, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on, uh, Dean. Yes, uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner uh, is mm-hmm. returning. Uh, Blade Runner twenty ninety nine. Uh, Ridley nice. Scott is set to produce uh, a Blade Runner twenty ninety nine sequel series for Amazon Prime. Uh, given its title, it is set to take place fifty years after the events of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, the scripts right now are currently being fast tracked. Uh, with production expected sooner rather than later. And it's even a possibility uh, that Ridley Scott will uh, not only be producing, but might also handle directing duties, but uh, not in production Duty. yet. No, no time given for filming to begin, but a Blade Runner 2099 sequel series on the way uh, for Amazon. 
Nice. I just hope that I just hope they take it back to the gritty, dirty feeling of the original movie, man. It's like 2049 was nice, but it was just a little bit too clean for me. Like I need to go back to shit being nasty and dirty and gritty and grimy. It's like that's what I really, really loved about the first Blade Runner film. Yeah, well, I think part of the reason why we saw – see, I love 2049. Uh, you know, I, I liked the experience of both the films. Uh doesn't hurt that, you know, Anna de Armas is like just uh-huh, like, like an ex-wife that I don't have yet. Um, she's just so hot uh, as, as Joy in that movie. Uh, but, uh, but, no, overall, I, li- I really enjoyed 2049. I thought Ryan Gosling was great. I thought, you know, getting uh, Harrison Ford back was, was wonderful. Uh, I, I found it to be a, a very suitable sequel to the original product. Um, and yeah, I, I'm glad that they didn't try to go actiony, you know, we didn't try to speed it up. He kept it a very heady experience overall. Um, so, so well, it's supposed to be. Well, listen, you know how it is these days. You know what I mean? People want things faster. They want more. You know, hey, we're not talking. You know, we're not talking about the '80s anymore. Now it's you know in the in the 2000s here. Uh, they they could yeah. went a lot of directions with 2049 that that strayed away, and you know I, it might not have affected the success of the movie all that much because it's one of those that you know thankfully with Ridley Scott for for all of his faults. Um, you know, he tends to at least stick to his formula. Uh, yeah. When I say false, I say I saw you the last duel, and uh, you were a bad fucking movie. Um, but, you know, yeah, the fact that, that he's nice. coming... Uh, that's, that's, yeah, I watched it on the what? plane, man, because I had like five hours to what? go. So, you know, I what? actually like that movie. <laughs> It was fucking terrible. You're out of your mind. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, no. I know. Fucking Blade Runner 2099 as, as a series is going to be great because you can expand upon that universe and stay true to it. Amazon seems to at least be willing to put money to these things. Uh, one of the other trailers that popped out during the Super Bowl was the, the Lord of the Rings series that's coming. And it was just a teaser. Oh, great. But within that teaser... Man, did that look fucking good. It looked like they've got some, like, real fundage going in there for that, man, and that's got me fucking salivating. <laughs> I want my Dwarf and Hobbit fix. <laughs> you have, like, 15 movies to watch. Let's go back. Hey, Dean, the secret. The Dean has not seen any Blade Runner. What? No, you're not alone in that game. You, what, dude, 80s, as though. much as, as as much as you love the '80s, man, you've never seen the original Blade Runner film. I've never seen wow. either of the Blade Runners. I'm Holy shit! So. It's like, oh fuck, man! It's like because Blade Runner, it's like you have to watch the original cut, and then and then afterwards, then you have to uh, watch the ending for the international cut. Um, yeah, because just watch. Two, just two watch. Just watch the definitive edition. There's one that's out. It's called the Final Cut. Just watch that one, man. All right. I, I wouldn't go that crazy watching all the different ones, man. It should actually should be on the movies anywhere. Uh, oh, maybe we'll pick it one day. All right. We shall see. Yeah. I think I think you make a convoluted monkey if you try to make him watch it twice. 
It's just no, unfortunately no, no. I was just to have two different variations, you know? Yeah, I was just saying what I was saying watch the original cut and then only watch the last 15 minutes of the international cut just because the last 15 okay. minutes is different. Awesome. That's a lot of work. Okay. Okay, says the guy who owns five, five copies of <laughs> of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because this this one has this Blu-ray has an extra five minutes of commentary and DVD here. This one has a different 15 minutes of behind the scenes. Oh, wait, no. that Oh, I'm sorry. That's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's your Night of Living Dead. <laughs> yeah. But I would never tell somebody, listen, listen, if you've never seen this movie, okay, watch this one first. Okay. All right. And then you get through it. But then you got to watch the international one, but like only the last 15 minutes because it's really going to fucking open your eyes. Like I would never do that to somebody. I'd be like, Just fucking watch the movie, man. Like, watch, watch <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, and that's it. Like, you don't have to watch a German cut because it's got an extra 10 minutes of footage. It's not going to add to the experience. Just, you know, enjoy, you know, that one. I, it's a lot of work. I've never seen Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049 either, so I'm in the same camp. I, no, I, and it's not going to happen. Put the countdown clock up. It's going to be running for years. <laughs> you know, in, in, in sci-fi futuristic movies. Never have, never will. Uh, but, yeah. So, but you know, maybe Dean will. Maybe Dean will watch it before I do, and he could let me know whether it's worth it. I know what it. my pick's going to be next month. Well, there you have it. Blade Runner. There we go. There you have it. We'll there see you have it. Uh, wait until you see my pick. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, Dean, what do you have next? What are you talking about? So, we have talked about how there was going to be the Quiet Place spinoff that was originally uh, supposed to mm. be. Uh, directed by Jeff Nichols, working from an idea from John Krasinski. Uh, and we also talked about how Jeff Nichols had left the project and was replaced by director Michael Sarnowski, uh to make this same spinoff uh, from the idea from John Krasinski. But the recent Paramount Investors uh, Day event, John Krasinski said, aside from this spinoff of A Quiet Place, there is always, there's also going to be a quiet place three that will be once again focused on the uh the abbott family uh that will be coming to theaters all the way down the road in 2025 so still much to be happening in the world of quiet place which i still haven't seen uh the sequel nope nope only saw the first one i was done so okay and I think I thought, uh, I thought, I, I I thought th- the second movie was actually a little bit better than the first. So, really, okay. I mean, I'll have to check it out. I mean, I, I didn't mind the first one too much. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but uh, I just I never got around to watching part two. And I know that part three uh, is going to be slated for twenty twenty five. So it's like okay, well, playing the long game. <laughs> you know, with, with, wow, uh, yeah, they really long, are huh? long, long game. Very quiet long. Yeah, so, I, I unfortunately found myself uh, less than impressed with the first movie. I, I think a lot of hype mm-hmm. was put behind it, though, and I do oh, yeah. believe yeah. that a lot of that definitely yeah. uh, hindered my, my thoughts on it, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I found myself completely unimpressed with it. The second movie kind of rolled more like I had expected the, the, film, the first film to go. So I guess maybe I found it more fun just, just based on that factor. Yeah, the second one didn't get as much uh, hype, I think, like you said. Like, they, they released the trailers and they said it was coming out, but then, you know, COVID became a thing. So, 
yeah, I don't, I don't think the the second one was as hyped up as the first one. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't mind it. It's just, again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like John Krasinski very much. So it was kind of like one of those things where it's, I have to watch a movie with him in it. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't even like him in The Office. Was it even that character I liked? So many other characters in that show I liked. Not him. Not Jim. So, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was more of a You're not funny. on that show. Stop, stop no. looking at the camera. <laughs> yeah, and smirking. You know, that whole thing, it gets old. They even made fun of it on the show. So, even the show knows. They stop doing that. But, um, so, yeah, but like I said, uh, if you are a fan of that franchise and, and you want to wait, uh, you're going to have to wait until 2025. Or part three, and who knows what will be in 2025? Who knows? <laughs> it's just a long time. It's like, oh, remember that movie, The Quiet Place? Oh, wow, they're making a third one. Oh, it's going to be like Avatar. Like <laughs> Have you seen Avatar <laughs> yeah. yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw Avatar Part Seven before I saw Quiet Place Part Three. Ah, uh, no, it's be weird. <laughs> All right, Dean, what else do you have? It has been announced that uh, for Shudder, uh, season four of the Creepshow anthology series is a go. Uh, Filming yeah. is expected to begin very oh, cool. soon uh, to be ready in time for the Halloween season later this year. That's all Can't I wait. got as far as uh, as far as Creepshow is concerned. No word on uh, potential performers. Uh, or directors or stories, uh, but it is a go, and uh, they're expecting to to hit the ground running uh, in the very near future. So um, I have yet to get to season three, actually. Um, I haven't finished season two. But but I plan (laughs) on trying to to do that soon, and we'll be hopefully – uh, I will make it a point to be caught up for season four because I do enjoy it very much, and then it's just something that, yeah, like so many things, good. like kind of falls falls by the wayside, uh, especially once it gets to to that that season. Uh, but creep show for mm-hmm. uh, season four uh, is a go. Uh, speaking of follow up seasons, I am happy to announce that Peacemaker has been renewed for another season. Yeah, eagerly. (laughs) That is a fun, fun, fun fucking series, man. That is, it's so great. Uh, I really am enjoying the shit out of it. Wonderful fucking series. I know you you and me, King, have been talking about it after we watched the episodes. And, you know, like, (laughs) unlike Boba Fett and stuff like that, like, there has not been a bad episode of this series at all. No. Every episode is like packed to the fucking to the gills with with all kinds of just fun shit. It's funny. It's it's dramatic at points. You wouldn't expect it. Um, the sometimes mm-hmm. the humor is very subversive, and he's always defying <laughs> your expectation with stuff. I mean, I, again, I'm just uh, I'm in awe of what James Gunn has been able to put together with this series. And That's with how episode. long every. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> um, um, get on with, with with. I watch. Hey, every Saturday I get together with the, the diva and then we catch up on our shows. Okay. Marvel. Um, all right. Well, the finale was this week. 
No, tomorrow. Oh, you, tomorrow. you're saying tomorrow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Steve and I were talking about, you know, how the episodes are about an hour long and stuff like that, and they never feel like it just because you're having no. such a great time with every episode. And, you know, by the, every time it ends, you're like, what? It's done? What? But Yeah, it's <laughs> And they do yeah, a great job to give you that tiny little cliffhanger to keep you, you know, interested in in for the next episode. You know, you're not a bum, bum, bum cliffhanger, just enough, you know. Like to to keep you in, and it's just again the mix of the awesome humor, no, no holds barred about what they're doing, no apologies whatsoever, and it's like if you're offended, fuck you, this isn't your show. <laughs> An '80s hair metal out the ass, I fucking love it. Thinking of a firehouse, like come on, <laughs> deep cut '80s you know hair metal bands. You know that's that's another huge thing for me. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow and is the finale monkey, so you have two episodes to watch. And Eagly, who gives hugs? You know, that's fucking Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, ju- I oh, just that saw an eagle, eagle hu- hug a person. <laughs> Somebody get a picture of this. <laughs> yeah, so fucking good. You know, but all right. Uh, so, Dean, what else do you have? Uh, I will tell you what else I have. Uh, I have news that the very popular MTV... Teen Wolf series, which ran from the 2011 through 2017 with 100 episodes, wow. is getting a sequel movie uh, from Paramount Plus uh, with original what? star <laughs> Tyler Posey as Scott McCall, uh, as well as 11 other regular and recurring cast members mm-hmm. uh, taking part to mm-hmm. some degree. So, who was uh, in la- who was in last week's movie? <laughs> But Indeed. yes, Teen Wolf, uh, I never watched the MTV series. I didn't even know that it was on for nope. so long with 100 episodes. Uh, but in That's the opposite, in, in like the opposite way where things usually uh, are a movie and then it goes to like a streaming service to become like a limited series, uh, this is like flip-flopping with this series getting a sequel film. So uh, there you have it with uh, Teen Wolf, uh, not to be confused, of course, with uh, Michael J. Fox or uh, uh Justin Bateman. Um, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, the MTV series. Yeah. Paramount Plus. Uh, Teen Wolf film. Right, well, hey, I'm sure it has its fans. It ran for 100 episodes. I forgot yeah, about it after season one. So. <laughs> yeah, look, like, oh, that uh, was a long, yeah. long, extremely long past my era of uh, paying attention to anything having to do with, with MTV. Uh, but yeah. apparently, uh, from what I was reading in this article about this movie, is that, like, it was, like, like pretty, pretty popular and did very well on there. So um, when I saw I the announcement, so, yeah. I was like, what? But then when I read about it, I was like, oh, well, it makes sense that they were, they were trying to uh, try to do it. So they have it. 100 episodes. Yeah. I, 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 have, I, I, I have saw it on it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. little cool girl watched it, uh, or she tried to, uh, you know, because we did werewolves and stuff like that, and yeah, we're big fans of like the uh, the originals, you know, and and legacies, and she likes, you know, the vampires. Um, uh, it's one of those that I'll, I I always have on one of my Netflix watch lists. I just don't ever get around to like or whatever it's on. I just yeah. never get around to watching it. Yeah, you know, and and it came out around the same time as Hemlock Grove. And I felt like they were just kind of competing. 
to see who could be the sexier werewolf show. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm like, right. Hemlock Grove is fun, man. <laughs> Hemlock Grove was good. I actually watched Hemlock Grove. I never watched Teen Wolf, but I saw the show for Teen Wolf when it first came out, and I was like, oh, it's just sexy wolves. Like, that's just all it is. That's what we're doing because Twilight and all that stuff. But, you know, Hemlock Grove mm-hmm. is worth a watch. Yeah, I was, yeah, that, I was, was a, that was a twisted little show. That that that's, that was <laughs> it went in a lot of directions, and I, maybe I might not have loved all of the directions it went in, but some mm-hmm. of the between the performances and just some of the the stuff that they 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 did was was a lot of fun. Dirty, dirty, yeah. kinky shit. Yeah, it was it was entertaining <laughs> to say the least. Uh, all right, Dean. So what else do you have? Uh, so the final thing I want to bring up here, and it's not really, uh, you know, a horror film, but I just, I saw this and it sounded so fun and I wanted to bring it up. So uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme has announced uh, his, final, his, his final action movie, uh, which is what? going to be titled, stop interrupting and you'll get the deets. <laughs> has announced his final action film. Uh, it will be titled, What's My Name? And in this film, uh, <laughs> similar bitch. to like the JCVD, he will be playing himself. He will play, be playing Jean-Claude Van Damme on the downside of his filming career. And in this film, he is going to get hit by a car and he's going to wake up uh, with amnesia, and also he's going to be unrecognizable to himself or to anyone else somehow. And uh, this is going to lead him to have to battle against different opponents that he has fought uh, through other movies in his career. And through this series of fights against iconic fighters from throughout his career, uh, he will Tong be po. on this quest to form his own <laughs> identity and find the meaning of life and leading up to a final match. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme says, I wanted to leave the stage, uh, but with a revisit uh, to my career, starting with Bloodsport, the movie where I started to become famous. I want this to be a new Bloodsport, (laughs) but on a higher level. Uh, Nothing is confirmed, but expectations already are that Dolph Lundgren, uh, Michael Kissy and Bolo Young are all going to appear. Uh, Dan Dan says that he's Young. doing everything. He says he's doing everything that he can right now to train and get into the best possible fighting shape. But once it's done, the time is over, and he's going to be taking it easy for the rest of his days. Make him say mate, baby. <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exciting. What's my name, bitch? JCVD? As long as he has a dance sequence in that. He has to have one dance sequence. Oh, oh, God, yes. You, you, yeah, oh, God, yeah, yes. You've got to have, you, you have the kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> that was the yeah, only good part about the sequence. kickboxer. That was the only good part about the kickboxer remake was during the during the credits, the, the dude who played the main character actually did the dance sequence from the first movie. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, oh. you had to make it through that movie to get to that point. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, is that it for you, Dean, for horror news? Uh, yes, sir. That is it uh, for okay. that portion of the show. News. 
So let's get into it. Uh, it is your pick, uh, Dean. You picked the pool from 2018, directed by Ping Lumprap Long. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Yes. So the pool from 2018, written and directed by Ping Lumprap Long. Uh, forgive me out there if you're listening uh, for the butchering of your name. Yeah. Uh, and starring Thiradej uh, Wangpapan and Ratnaman Racharathan. Mm-hmm. And uh, in uh, this film, uh, The Pool, uh, we have our our hero, uh, Day, who is a art person, set director uh, on this film that is being filmed on location in this large pool. Uh, he has been tasked with staying behind to, uh, you know, do some work on the pool and clean up the film shoot and is warned about, uh, you know, the draining of the pool. But, uh, of course, uh, Day falls asleep on a raft and finds himself uh, that the water has gone down to a level preventing him from being able to, to climb out of the pool. So he is stuck in the pool, and all of his yelling and screaming, as well as the barking of his dog, uh, you know, gains the attention of an alligator, uh, which through a fortuitous turn of events, uh, sorry, excuse me, a crocodile, uh, through a fortuitous turn of events, ends up uh, in the pool uh, with Day, where uh, man versus beast uh, in a in a fight to survival uh, to the very end. Uh, so there's the the brief synopsis of of the pool uh, from 2018 from Ping Lumpa Plong Liang. Thinking. Okay, but wh- okay. So, what did you think of it, and why did you pick this gem of a film? <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I I can't give you an exact answer as to why I picked this particular film because I don't remember. Uh, I read about films like all the time. Uh, in a lot of different places, and when something in what I read catches my attention, I add it to this never-ending note in my phone as possible choices uh, for uh, episodes of Talking Terror. So I don't remember specifically what it was uh, that led me to this, but I'm going to go under the assumption that I do enjoy films of the kind of man versus nature, like horror sub-genre, like... um, you know, other ones we've covered, like the one with uh, Backcountry with the bear. Um, you know, like I like stuff like that. So uh, that's probably what led me to, to, to pick this one. Uh, and uh, I thought that um, there were parts of it that I found entertaining, uh, parts of it not so much. Um, I was engaged, uh, you know, to the end. And, uh, you know, it's not the worst movie that I ever saw, but, um, you know, we've watched a lot better uh, on this program as well. So I'm just uh, mostly curious to hear about what you all have to say about this one. Okay. Cool. What do you think about the pool? Uh, decent concept. Execution wasn't always great. Um, but, you know, I, I guess to, to echo the, the, the Dean's you know, explanation there, I mean, I, we've definitely covered worse. And we've definitely covered better. So, so was I engaged for the majority of the movie? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was watching the film. I never got drowsy, and I stayed awake the entire time, and, and only paused it like three times. 
Oh, there you go. All right, so, Monkey, what would you think about the pool? Man, this movie was bad. This, this movie was really fucking bad. I don't know what the fuck you guys are saying. God damn, this movie was torture. Holy shit. This was like a bad, bad Donald Duck cartoon without any humor. It's like anything that could go wrong went wrong, okay? It was like the people that fucking write Game of Thrones and were just like, okay, let's just sit there and fuck up everything, and let's just sit there and throw it in here. Nothing goes right in any way, shape, or form. If it can get fucked up, it fucking happens. You know, from people getting, you know, falling asleep, shit, water falling down, people getting their heads knocked over. Oh, let's clear a drain. Oh, look, now the fucking crocodile's in the fucking drain, I even though I just fucking cleared it. Everything that could go fucking wrong always fucking did. This movie was just, oh, my God. It's like, man, this this movie was fucking torture. You <laughs> liked it. I did, absolutely, yes, yeah. <laughs> cute as a button. <laughs> it was cute as a button. <laughs> the, mon- the monkey approved. <laughs> man, it's just, ho- holy shit. Yeah, this was just fucking rough. It's just, I was trying to explain this movie to my son, and he was like, okay, please tell me you're only watching a 30-minute short, you know, and I explained to him what it was. He was look, that could have been, like, a nice episode of Twilight Zone or uh, Black Mirror, but how the fuck does he even get the, the funds to become an hour-and-a-half-long movie? Holy shit, this easily, easily could have been a half-hour short. Holy fuck. Um, all right, King, what did you think? <laughs> um, to resound what you just literally said, yeah, this movie is a short. Like, this movie is clearly like a 30-minute, you know, Twilight Zone-esque episode, uh, but the director directed out for 90 minutes. You know, so instead of getting like a day and a night maybe for the movie, you get six days plus a seventh. Um, it, it, it went on too long. It, it did. Um, I, like, I was invested in it. I wanted to see what was going to happen. Um, but the, the crocodiles they used, it was just like Resident Evil level CGI, like just so bad. <laughs> um, and of course you get a dog in, involved and I'm like, okay, it's dead. Like, it, uh, let's just say it, you know, from the get go, the dog is going to die. Somehow. Oh, okay. good part of the movie. Let's not, let's not spoil it though. Because they didn't fucking just kill this fucking thing, okay? So we're going to oh, hold off on saying what they did with the fucking dog, okay? But they I, get, I get everything you're saying. But anyway, oh. so, um, yeah, so, it, you know, it, it was one of those movies where it, just, it, it takes a long time to get to it. Um, the, the lead character of Day is unlikable. I mean, I will say it. He's unlikable. And they have uh, just this really kind of bad subplot uh, with Koi, his girlfriend, that gets trapped as well, and uh, it just—you yeah, want to like him because you want to see him survive because it's man versus nature. But at the same time, like this is a fucking dick that's like, oh, I, uh, I can't be a dad. Like I, I would suck. My baby would hate me. So just get that thing aborted. Like it's just, it's a weird fucking subplot that's <laughs> unnecessary in this movie. It should have just been him versus the crocodile and the dog at some point, you know, being up on the level. But they had to include uh, <clears throat> the girlfriend. Um, and does they suffer from narcolepsy? Because, I mean, holy shit. I mean, I get it. You know, he needs to take insulin, you know, and he needs to take it, and it needs to keep him going and shit like that. But the sleepiest fucking guy I've ever seen in my entire life. 
All the that's time we to do is sleep. That, that is a side effect of that, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When you, Unfortunately, yeah, when, when it you, is, so. Yeah, um, yeah. Seriously, it's like when you don't when, when you're diabetic sure. and you don't get your shot, you you just fucking crash. You really do. You you crash. You yeah, crash fucking hard. Days. Yeah, he lasted <laughs> a, quite a long time without that extra insulin shot, um, but we'll get to it. So, uh, like we had said, Day is in the art department of this movie. They're working in this extra deep pool. That okay? Again, the the only ladder in or out of this pool is a shoddy wooden one that's on the side of the pool. So there's no ladders in or out of this pool that are planted in this pool. So they, they set it up that way. Um, that's that the only way in or out is this is wooden ladder. Um, and the film crew is filming this fancy kind of art house movie with a fancy sofa and a woman dressed up like a clown. Um, and it's all going to plan. They also have lucky Dave's dog who he you know manages to control with a whistle. So if he blows the whistle, the dog will jump in the pool on command, and it's all cute and it's fun. Um, but as we see, filming has wrapped, and we are going into day being left behind, laying on a raft, hey, sleeping, <laughs> and he's enjoying himself. Um, but we also see uh, Koi, his girlfriend, showing up and just kind of being in love, and it's his birthday, so she presents him with a Fabergé egg, it has a little baby inside, and he's like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, oh, it's cute. It's fun. Like, you know, I mean, I know I don't even want to have a kid or anything like that, but it's kind of fun, Your right? Your like, game no, is sucks. weak. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so on, on day one of being in this pool, because when the movie kicks off, we see that the crocodile's in the pool. He's being attacked. You know, it, it's real shit. The pool's emptied. He's being attacked. And then we have to cut back to the filming of the movie and then also day one where he's hanging out in the pool. You know, Lucky's hanging around. He's being put onto a lead at the end of the pool. And his friend Mayom is like, oh, hey, I'm going in Nepal for three months. I'm leaving on a flight. The pool is being drained. You need to get out. Like, <laughs> uh, just get out of the pool and clean the area. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired all the time. I don't know. And he's like, no, no seriously, like, get out of the pool, clean up. And uh, we'll hang out. So yep. at this point, if I'm on a film set with any of you guys and I'm leaving for a flight and you're laying in the pool and you need to get out, I'm going to wait until you get the fuck out of the pool. Like, I will grab yeah. you until you get the fuck out of the pool. I'm not going to be like, okay, see ya. All right. Uh, good luck. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Just clean the pool area. No. I'm going to be like, you know, ghoul, D, monkey. You got to get out. I'm leaving, and I'll, I will take you out of this pool because there is no ladder in this pool. You have to get the wooden ladder and put it in. So, all right, oh, King, I'm so tired, but I don't care. Yeah. Get out of the pool. Well, at, <laughs> at the very least, wouldn't you think you'd the wooden ladder in, knowing the water's <laughs> yeah. draining and this sleepy fuck is laying around on this raft? I mean, you know, hey, just, just in the event that something kind of goes south, put the ladder in the pool. There was no reason for the ladder to not be in the pool. <laughs> High patties are in the pool. The couch is in the pool. The alligator is in the pool. The ladder, ladder is not in the, the pool. But, yeah, you, you would think that he would at least put the ladder in the pool, but he doesn't. You know, and he's like, it's, it's cool, whatever. Uh, your dog's here. I'm leaving. So everything's fine. Um, so Day continues to sleep because he's very tired all the time. 
Uh, but when he awakens up, the water level has gone down significantly, and Lucky, his dog, is barking. And he realizes, holy shit, I need to get out of here somehow because I don't want to be in this situation. And he does everything he can to get out of the pool, including trying to climb up using the inflatable float, but he ends up cutting open his fingernail <laughs> in the process. Yeah, you know, oh, you know what he, he didn't do? Go, go ahead, Monkey. No, no, what didn't he do? He didn't please, go to the please, corner please, of the fucking pool. Okay, that's what he didn't do. Okay, he didn't go to the spot <laughs> on the pool in which you would have two walls with which to brace your fucking legs on while using the raft to help push yourself up yep. and out. Um, but, you know, that, that mm-hmm. would have ended the movie significantly faster, and we would never be in any of the situation. <laughs> you know, and we also yeah. see uh, during this process that a compact uh, that they had left behind has been dropped into a sewer drain. We don't know what okay, that is. I had no idea what yeah. that fucking was. You know, they needed to do somewhat of a – I thought it was a cell phone when it originally went down. Me and I'm too. like, oh, okay, so Me I guess too. the phone fell down there. So, like, when it comes up later in the movie, I, like, I'm sitting there. I remembered it getting down and going, okay, that's going to obviously come back at some point, being that they're now in this area. Um, so when it turned out to be what it was, I was like, oh, okay, that was uh, convenient. Convenient. <laughs> yeah, real convenient. Um, but we we have uh, Dave trying to get out of the pool, and the cell phone starts to ring and vibrate, and we see that it's Koi calling uh. him. And as he's trying to get the phone, you know, it's it's literally vibrating towards the edge, you know, almost going in, even though it's attached to uh, the charger. Lucky, the good boy that he is, tries to save Day because he sees that his owner is in trouble. Falls over the side of the pool and begins hanging from his lead. So Day swims quickly over to Lucky and manages to get him back up on the side of the pool. So, but in the process, loses the phone as it drops into the water. And once that drops into the water, you can't use it anymore. It's done. You don't have no, any rights okay. nearby. See, all right. See, again, this is where I'm like, no. I, I'm like, King, I understand. You know, you would be there. You know, cool. I know you would definitely fucking be there. All right. Me, personally, I'd be like, fuck the dog. Uh, <laughs> I need to sit there and get his phone so I can call some fucking help. And I know Goal would be be running on top of the water like he was fucking Jesus. He would be, like, over there in a fucking heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah, I would, too. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, you need to save the phone, but at the same time, your dog's suffering, you know, and and you love that dog, and you don't want to see it die. So, you know, you do the right thing, and you save the dog. Unfortunately, the phone suffers because of it. But, um we didn't well, mention I also think this, that at that uh, point, you still have plenty right. of hope. You're not thinking you're going to be trapped yeah. in this thing for any no. real length of time. No. Um, <laughs> but as I said, we didn't mention this, but apparently Pizza Hut was a sponsor to this movie. Um, because at the beginning opening credits, we see the Pizza Hut logo. And I was like, oh, okay. Pizza Hut's involved right? somehow. In the, in and the we credits. see that because... Uh, I was like, that's amazing, the fucking fact that a Pizza Hut's involved. And we do see a guy delivering a pizza from Pizza Hut. You know, he arrives on, you know, his little, you know, cycle going to the, you know, the pool. And he doesn't see anybody mm-hmm. because Day's underwater trying to save his phone. And he's like, yeah, uh, there's nobody here. Uh, I'm just going to take off. I'm just going to leave the, the, uh, the pizza on the uh, diving board. That's cool. <laughs> just drives off. Where is everyone? He frees himself. And calls for help. The delivery driver's gone. He has pizza, but he has no way of getting to it. Um, so during his struggles, he once again passes out. 
falls asleep on the raft as Coley shows up looking for him. And when she sees him in the pool, she's like, yay, that's my man. Yeah, I'm going to go down there. And, uh, I'm going to go on to this diving board. I'm so fucking horned up to see him. I'm going to dive in. Never mind the fact that the water level is suspiciously low. I'm going to go ahead and jump in. The water and in the pool as, only looks half full. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know. She's just so horned up to see Day that she doesn't care. So as she goes to jump in, Day wakes up, and he's like, no, wait, don't do it. And she jumps in, hits her head in the diving board, and it's like, fuck. Well, I guess I'm going to have to fucking figure this out. You know, man, I have, like, a deep-seated fear of hitting my head on, like, a board like that. Now, that's obviously – that's this is, like, an Olympic-style diving pool. It's not, like, one of those – it's yeah. not a spring-style <laughs> diving board. Uh, it's, like, a flat surface. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know what? As a kid – I remember we used to go to my uh, my Uncle Joe's house all the time, and my, my one cousin, you know, we used to do all kinds of crazy shit off the diving board. We'd dive off of shit. My grandfather would give us, like, you know, he'd hook us up with money for, like, swimming the longest underwater or doing, like, crazy shit. But I remember the one time my cousin Joe did a backflip off the diving board, and he didn't get out far enough and, like, slammed his head on the board. And mm. it's stuck like with me for like the entirety of my life so like even when we had a pool with a diving board and stuff like i just always remember being very trepidatious about doing certain things but then again i also know there were plenty of times that we were quite fucking loaded at that house and uh and yeah i know all kinds of hijinks also occurred so but yeah it's just it's always something that makes me cringe whenever i see it in a movie or, or, or show yeah yeah, the the setup that they had was like would have been perfect if they had actual you know bouncy diving boards on here because the setup would have been awesome for a triple Lindy, you know. But apparently they don't do that here; it's just straight platform. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know. Once again, everything that. Can- <laughs> she didn't because she fucking hit her head. Because again, once again, you know this is a bad Donald Duck cartoon, and we have just more shit go wrong. Because now, you know, <laughs> the crazy, you know, the girlfriend has now whacked her fucking head, and now she's floating about. So now he has to drop his phone again so he can go save her now. Yeah, because you know he he fucked up and shouldn't have yelled at her, but uh, she's in the pool and he has to save her. So he gets around to the raft. You know, calling for help as it begins to rain and the pool begins to drain further. Um, and that night we see that there's a newspaper article about a crocodile that escaped from the zoo due to a flood. The police are looking for it. They don't know where it is. Uh, you know where it is? It's fucking in the pool. And it's climbing its way towards Lucky. And Lucky is fucking barking its head off. Get the fuck away from me, dude. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. And Day notices it walking towards Lucky. And he's like, dude, stop barking at it. Let it go. And of course, fuck, Lucky's like, fuck you, dude. I want to get eaten. You know, I'm going to keep barking at this crocodile. But as it advances towards Lucky, it slips on some pool equipment and gets into the water with Koi and Day. And, of course, Day's like, fuck you, Lucky. That's your fault. This is on you. And he's like, no, it's not on you, man. It's not on you, Lucky. You were trying to survive. This guy sucks. Maybe if you fucking <laughs> slept more, you wouldn't be in this situation. But we flash day two. Day two is on. And the pool oh, is now two. completely empty. And the crocodile is still inside the pool with Koi and Day and just fucking hanging out. Like, this fucking chill crocodile just hangs out for the most part. <laughs> doesn't want any part of Day or Koi 
It just sleeps, and at one point, you see the crocodile sleeping with its mouth open and the roll of tape. It's just like, hey, man, I'm just tired. Hey, look, how did this get in here? Okay, so, so the yeah. roll of tape part pissed me off a little bit because it, it made zero <laughs> sense why the roll of tape was in the fucking thing's mouth. It, like, zero <laughs> sense. It's not like the crocodile would have would have looked as it was walking around the, the watery bottom of the pool, because remember, it fell in while there was still water in the pool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, so, so the, the notion that it would have been wandering around and swimming around and said, hey, here's a roll of tape, I'm going to open my mouth and put it in there and then spend the next day sunning with my mouth open with the tape on my tongue. Now, the crocodile with its <laughs> mouth open is a completely different thing. That is quite a normal thing yeah. for them to do because their jaws yeah. snap shut, not open. They leave them open so that when the food, right. like, a, like a fucking Venus flytrap, it sits there open right. waiting yeah. for something to cross its way and then <laughs> whack, you're fucking done, you're done deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I yeah. Uh, I thought the CGI on this thing was fucking horrible though at times, man. Like when this movie <laughs> opens and that crocodile is fucking running around after him and everything, I like you said you said Resident Evil and you know what? Yeah, that's definitely right up where this is at. Uh I yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> wow, this is a sci-fi movie, isn't it? This is like a fucking sci-fi movie. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but, it didn't yeah. I don't think that it looked Without question, there are times uh, that there was the, that kind of sci-fi network effect for certain, but I don't feel that, uh, you know, it was every single shot that the crocodile was in. No, it, uh, it there wasn't was some the entirety that it looked of the movie. Okay, but, like, the part when he, like, kind of picks it up and throws it, and it, like, bounces off the wall and, like, slides <laughs> down the wall, like, in that moment, I was like, oh, there's some sci-fi great. shit happening was, right there. That's some sci-fi that so network. good. Well, it was oh, I love it when he takes it apart. Girl, you know what I mean? So, so, so he was able to pick up this fucking, you know, possibly two hundred and fifty pound fucking thing of of, of muscle and, and mass. It's, it's well, so he was tired and without insulin. So, yep. and he hasn't eaten in like a few days, but yet yeah, he he yep. manages to to fling this huge fucking crocodile with I mean, running against the wall of the pool. I, I just I I couldn't stop laughing at that part. Like I rewound it just to watch if I was laughing too hard. <laughs> you flung the fucking thing. Because I was like, all right, you flung it, now kill it. Now find something that you could bash its head open with. You know, at any point, you know, beat its head in with something. It's fine. Do it. No, that's right. It's a 90-minute movie. I, I said this to, 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 to the little monster. She, she kind of wandered in. She saw the movie. Uh, the ghoul girl walked in from, from work. And, you know, as soon as she heard the movie, the first words out of her mouth were, it must be the Dean's pick this week. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, just, it means that it sounded like a bad movie and it was foreign. Um, so, <laughs> so either way, you know, you have a roll of duct tape. Okay, no, I got and, a and bench pick for next time. As I previously said, these things, their jaws are not all that powerful to open up. You know what? Nope. Get on top of the fucking thing, hold its mouth shut, and duct tape the fucking mouth shut, and guess what? Now the crocodile is rendered completely fucking inert for the rest of the movie. Now you just got to worry about its tail, okay? It's thrusting tail problem. And, And you can deal with that by staying away from it. Oh, 
<laughs> oh my God. Oh yes. That was the whole thing. If I had a problem with that, but no, he's just going to whip the, uh, the tape out of his head. So it distracts it from, from Koi. So he can use her razor blade necklace to unscrew the bolts of the sewer drain cover or the pool drain cover and, and get in there. Um, but at the same time, he notices that his fingernail that he ripped off is being infected. So I'll just bite it off and then just worry about it. Later. He's got, he's got plenty of tape. <laughs> don't worry about don't worry about the crocodile. Oh. Just worry about your finger. He's he's like a roadie. I, I mean, he's got all the gaffer tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously, whoever made this movie has no idea how like screws and, and bolts and shit like that work. Um, nor do they do they understand how flimsy those those little thin razor blades are in comparison to a thick <laughs> fucking metal rusted screw <laughs> bolt would be. Um, yeah, so again, you know, movie, you know, I, 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 I'm complaining about something silly like this, but meanwhile, I applaud when fucking Thor cuts off, you know, Thanos' head. So, so really, should, should I be complaining about it? It's fine. Um, yes, because so it's he, what we do. He, <laughs> so, yeah, he gets underneath the tunnels of the, uh, the pool drain, tries calling for help. She's at the great block. He can't get anywhere. But then he notices that the, the rock is getting towards Koi and is going to attack her and possibly eat her. So he runs back through the tunnels, back into the pool, swings that fucking crocodile against the pool like it weighs nothing. And then he's like, oh, I saved you. And she's like, where am I? And he's like, well, you're in the pool, but I didn't want the baby to be eaten by the crocodile. And she's like, what? You know? And he's like, yeah, I, I saw the, the pregnancy test in your pocket, so I kind of know. But then we flash back to him and Mayum, where Mayum, his friend who went to Nepal for three months, is like, oh, hey, I hear Koi's pregnant. He's like, yeah, no, but totally, dude. I'm just going to have her abort it. And he's like, whoa, that's kind of fucked up. And he's like, yeah, but nah. Like, it's because like, I can't support a baby. Like, I, I, just, I don't make enough money, and I kind of, nah, dude. Like, I'll just tell her to abort it, and she's going to be okay with it. And he's like, do you think so? Uh, yeah, sure. Listen, existential, realistic type crisis stuff. It 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 doesn't fit in this movie. Um, no, no, no. That's only because the, the the rest of the tone of the film just doesn't seem to to have it. Like it's you know from from dialogue, it's, it's apparently illegal to have abortions in, I guess Thailand. Um, so so again, for them maybe this this is something that is a. A, 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 an issue as far as, as rights and stuff like that go. We're, we're not familiar with it to that level due to, you know, our own issues with abortion rights here in the country, which is not what we're here to talk about at all. But I'm just saying it, it was a weird thing I thought for them to be bringing up in this movie. But yep. I guess maybe they saw yep. Apocalypto because Apocalypto kind of plays out in a very <laughs> yep. similar way, except it's just yes, more it serious and, and, and less abortion. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird subplot to have because they do weigh on it a lot. Um, and after he explains where they are, you know, and that he tried to save the baby uh, that night, they communicate through paper cups tied to strings, you know, like little <laughs> kids do. Lucky's still hanging around, and he also found that Pizza Hut box, and he's like, I'm fucking going to town, baby. Like, you got to go down there. I'm up here. I'm safe. So I'm going to eat your fucking pizza. And, of course, Dave's like, no, fuck you, dude. Can we have Everyone some? Everyone loves pizza. Then all of a sudden the box comes floating down to the, like to the bottom of the pool. 
And, of course, Lucky's like, yeah, you can have the scraps, bitch. Again, he's like, yay! Lucky left us a couple of slices. So we <laughs> I can left sit here and eat. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, Koi is like, yes, I'll eat. Why don't you eat, Day? And he's like, nah, babe. Nah, I'm good. Like, you eat that pizza. I don't need to eat because I'm, I'm the hero of this. Like, dude, you're on insulin and you haven't eaten in a few days. Maybe if I can take a couple bites. But, nah, that's cool. It's fine. Like, do what you want to do, Dave, because I already don't like you, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm pass out. Like, the rest of you are like, the better. <laughs> you know? Because you're like, dude, my girl's getting an abortion. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Is it, though? All right. We're going to go back to it. <laughs> um, so we get to day three, and Lucky has dropped a pipe into the pool. Uh, Day is trying to drink water from the nearby bucket and decides, it's been a couple of days. Maybe I should take a piss might help you know i don't know but my vision's all blurry oh this is crazy but i don't know i'm just gonna go ahead and pass out <laughs> and then all of a sudden it, it's night and koi is already tired and just they need to get out and day is like no i'm tired because of the heat i don't know why you're tired and that's when we find out that the crocodile has laid eggs in the pool and is protecting these eggs and he's like you know what would be oh. really fucking cool tomorrow if we fucking take them and just fucking eat them, that would be fucking cool. Because it's food, right? I mean, we can just do it. We'll trap the crocodile in the tunnel, and then we'll eat its fucking babies. Are you cool, babe? I'm cool, bitch. All right, let's do this. That's a plan. Again, I, I think what we're playing at here is, you know, the whole parenting thing. You know, here he is looking to – they're literally – doing to the crocodile what she doesn't want to do to the baby but what he does want to do to the baby you know which is which is aborting her <laughs> you're aborting <laughs> yeah. no you're not going to do that to my baby crocodile abortion <laughs> we see you know day starting a fire and then managing to, to boil up a couple of the eggs uh, so they could eat one of the infertile eggs uh, that the crocodile left behind. And she's like, oh, wow, babe, you're really good at that. Where'd you learn that? He's like, well, I grew up in a cave. We didn't have a lot, so I started fires on my own. And she's like, is that true? Nah, I just watched Tom Hanks and Castaway. Number one movie in Thailand, Castaway. <laughs> Wilson! Ah, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, Why are you making no, fun of Castaway? No. <laughs> it's not a good movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> not, Which movie? Not a fan of it. <laughs> Castaway. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, just a Robinson Crusoe remake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, it will. Um, <laughs> so the next day, Day tries to lift Koi onto his shoulders using the fancy couch. It doesn't work. Um, Koi discovers that the little baby that she gave him in the Fabergé egg is missing. And she just asks him, uh, you wouldn't want me to get rid of this baby, would you? And he's like, well, kind of. I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, this baby would grow up and be like, dude, my father sucks because he doesn't make enough. And, yeah, I don't like him. She's like, well, that's not a good enough reason to not want to have a baby. He's like, no, but it is, though. Like, it kind of is. Like, it's, it's kind of fine. Like, I think it's good enough. And she's like, well, no, it's not. And he's like, well... You know what? I've been going five days without insulin and food. I think I have a right to say what I want to say. 
Okay, fair enough, Jay. But, but also, when they were sitting there, again, all right, here we have another fucking scenario, okay, where, he, you know, he puts her on her shoulders to lift her up out of the place, okay, and she can, like, just barely, barely, barely reach the top, okay, and he's like, oh, fuck it, you know, and you're on my shoulders, you know, oh, too bad you can't fucking reach, and it's like, really, you can't put your hands under her feet and use your arms and pick exactly. her up to the extra yeah. two fucking feet, two fucking feet? Because he's so tired. <laughs> He's so tired, monkey. He's he's sleepy. He's a sleepy boy. I think and he hasn't had dehydration, starvation, yep. desperation. Yep. All of these things are kicking in, and they're, they're going to have an effect on decision making. Um, I also think that you're you, you got to remember it's not that they're standing on the bottom of the pool; they're teetering on an angled couch turned on its side. So I mean, you're not. A fall from that height on on ground of that that, that surface of that that level is not going to be a, an easy thing to to deal with, as we're going to see later on. You know, it's, uh, it's quite painful. <laughs> because uh, you know, and we see that Day is feeling the effects of going without Day's, um, without his insulin, without really much food, and knowing there's nobody out there. Um, at one point, when they're underneath the tunnels. Uh, he manages to get the insulin shot that was left for him uh, poolside uh, and land onto a cloth that he had had. But unfortunately, the, the cloth slipped off the shot and it shattered open. So while he's laying there going, oh, shit, like this is it. Like I'm going to die without getting this insulin. Um, he manages to reach under one of the drums that Koi and they are sitting next to, and he finds the compact. Then oh, we saw they the dropped, they the compact the, uh, that it falls. The egg, the egg rolls yes. under there. Yep. So, so he's reaching under mm-hmm. to find the egg, and instead finds the, the <laughs> yeah. compact with his with his insulin and with three cigarettes in it. And three yep, cigarettes, cigarettes yeah, three cigarettes <laughs> and insulin. So he's good to go. And Coy's like, "You naughty boy," with your cigarettes. And he's like, "Yeah, but I get to live another day because I have insulin." Um, <laughs> Lucky at this point, who's been fucking chill the entire time, just kind of hanging out poolside. Notices this weird kind of parasailer flying around, and Lucky begins to bark at it. And Dave thinks, oh, shit, this is going to help us. We got help. But as he climbs up the ladder, the dog whistle that he's had the entire time breaks off. But he doesn't notice this as he climbs up the ladder. And then Soy realizing that it's just a fucking kid's toy. And he's like, oh, it's just a fucking kid's toy. Well, that's not going to really help us. Um, the crocodile, once again, is sleeping, and at this point, uh, at any yeah, point, do you want to grab that tape and, and tape that mouth shut, or do you want to stab it in the brain? Nah. Like, it, it's... No, we don't, <laughs> because we have more movie to go through, so we can't do that. Yes. So, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the How much more fucking up, movie? <laughs> well, you know, the We're wind is picked up at this We're point. There. <laughs> so, the laundry line that people in Thailand use with barbed wire falls into the pool. So Dave's like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I can fucking climb out of here. I'm going to be a badass and start climbing up, even though my hands are getting cut open and that pole can't support my weight. And, of course, it just it just can't. As soon as he reaches that pole surface, the pole gives way and his ankle crushes underneath his weight as he lands. And he's like, uh, well, now we're fucked. Because now my ankle's all fucked up. And I'm going to have to make a makeshift, you know, tourniquet because we have to survive. And this is what we cut back to the beginning of the movie where Day is laying in the pool, assessing his injuries, and we have the crocodile snapping at his legs 
and Dave fighting which, it off with the bucket. Which only attacks the area of his leg that has the wooden brace on it, because after he <laughs> broke his leg, in like fever dream-like status, we see that he put together a, a, a quick brace, you know, even though he was unconscious for, for the majority of the time. Um, yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with, with, we see the beginning of the movie taking place at this point. Uh, we cut back to night, and Day manages to make it back down to the tunnels where he sees him telling Coy, like, it's going to be fine. We're going to get out of here. I just need to make another dash into doing something. So we cut back to him crawling through the tunnels, making it to the drain, and thinking, this is it. I made it to the other side of the drain. We're going to get out of here. Then he realizes, no, you're just on the other side of the pool, man. Just another Jeez, pool. Again, the- it's like, oh, it's just a bad fucking Donald Duck cartoon. Fuck this fucking movie. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I love the fact that it took so long for him to even try going that going in that direction to begin with. But, you know, even with that, regardless, I also love how the movie, even though we've been watching this film now for, you know, an hour and ten minutes or so, you know, at, at no point did the camera ever pan back far enough to make you realize that there were two pools there. Um, you know, because, like, I, I found myself, like, trying to revisit all of the previous scenes. And at no point, I guess, yeah. did they ever show that we were actually in a facility that was that big. It seemed it seemed weird that, like, right. I, I mean, I guess it's not weird, but, I mean, it was a facility that had one diving pool. So the fact that they would have two, like one right next to the other, I guess, just never really entered my 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 mindset at that point. But yeah, here here we are. It's still trapped. Yeah. Still still trapped. <laughs> so we we are landing at day seven now of them being trapped in the pool area, and we have uh, the Thailand version of Chichen Chong coming to rescue their <laughs> their little toy. From the pool, um, they see that the, the ladder's there, so they're going to lower it down. They're going to get their toy, and they're going to move. Where is Lucky the entire time? Because Lucky is quick to bark at fucking anything that fucking moves. And this sequence, is like, I'm sleeping. I'm just saying, you know, I'm full from pizza, and I'm just not going to make a sound. Um, you know, and I'm just going to let these guys go into the pool, you know, and rescue them, you know, as it starts to rain. Um, Where's the crocodile? We don't know. It's fine. <laughs> Koi's still on the, the ground as... He, fl- he flipped the couch <laughs> over on top of it. That's right. Which made it seem like it was so heavy that it was, like, pinning the crocodile down. But then following this sequence, when these guys are down there and it doesn't come out, but yet when Day is going towards the ladder, suddenly the crocodile is back out and, like, able to go. So I guess he wasn't in. Like, it would have been, like, you know, like, I'm sorry, man, but how about a fucking death or two in this movie? Like, these two guys should have been eaten by the fucking crocodile. Like, they should have been killed, man. Um, Mm -hmm. There was no purpose for them other than just the comedic factor of us getting the line earlier that, oh, it was a kid's toy. When the scene is from far away, you see what looks like a grown man in a jersey and what I thought was a kid, but just turned out to be a small Asian man next to a tall (laughs) Jerry Garcia-headed fucking Asian guy in a a brown jersey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Brown jersey. Just so we made that joke about the Super Bowl. 
you know, hey, get those kids in Africa to get those Bengals jerseys. <laughs> you know, um, but I the, love the, the barrels. I love that the monkey didn't understand that joke either. That was funny as hell. You're so lost. <laughs> I think just Google it at this point. I, I don't have time to explain it to you, monkey. But um, you know, Day decides that this is the point where he's going to get some barbed wire, put it around his fist, and he's going to beat this fucking crocodile. Um, oh, yeah, he's he going to fucking sit there and go easily. Straight, straight up with a blood sport and tape his hands up. Because yeah, now, now he's got fucking energy. <laughs> because the barrels that were tied to the ladder have come loose, and with that, the ladder gets dragged up. So, of course, Dave's left with this crocodile. Of course. So he decides he's going to be fighting it with the, the barbed wire fists. But, of course, no, fuck that. I love the fact that the crocodile bashes him in the back, like, come on, bitch. You got more? You want to go more? Like, Let's go. Uh-huh. Fucking fight, motherfucker. And he just clamps down his abdomen. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, this is it. This is, this is all I have left. And, you know, it, I liked the, the bites on his chest at the show later, like the full-on, you know, crocodile bites on his abdomen. I actually did like well, that. Um, but as honestly, it goes in... Up until this yeah. point, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I know we're like so... We're running so low on time at this point, man. But, like, you know, like, here's the thing. Yeah. We got the rain coming down. She's getting flooded there. Fucking, you know, like, all this shit is going on. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, man. Wow, they're going to fucking... This movie's going to end with the yep. two of them dying. And, like, he's just yep. like, you know, he's... He's going to just let the fucking thing chop him to death. I didn't think too. His fucking girlfriend is going to die. I'm like, great. Bummer Empire Strikes Back style ending. I'm good with this. Yeah. I thought one of them for certain. I didn't think both, but I thought one of them for certain wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. If they had gone this way where they had gone the dark route and actually, (laughs) you know, they both died because they both suck and they're both fucking stupid. You know, if if they had both died at this movie, I would have been fucking happy with it. I would I wouldn't have any problem with it, um, but it's at this point when the, the crocodile goes in for the kill with Day. You see Koi coming up to the the uh, the grate, you know, as it's flooding out and she's getting trapped under. She has a dog whistle, so she's blowing it over and over and over again to distract the crocodile from killing Day. Because it's like, oh great, you know, you're helping out Day, so he has an extra second. But no, we forget that Lucky responds to that fucking whistle. So Lucky shows up and he's well, like, yep. it is, it is you a dog jump? whistle. Yeah, you know, it's a regular whistle, I should say. It's a regular whistle. It's not a dog whistle because we hear it. So it's not a regular dog whistle. Um, just a regular, like, coach whistle. True. Um, True. But, you know, Lucky responds to it. He shows up at the edge of the pool and he's like, oh, I'm like you, jumping. And then he jumps in and begins to get strangled by the lead. And this fucking director is like, you know what? I'm going to okay. linger on it for a really fucking long time. So you guys really fucking appreciate the fact that we're killing this dog. We no, watched fucking canine fucking suicide here, man. That's what we witnessed. <laughs> okay, the fucking, like, this was done like an after-school special type of thing. You basically saw the fucking dogs, like, that snap. You watched, like, the last little bits of I fucking hate it. life. I like, hate it. I hate it. Out of this so, poor fucking thing as his legs are like moving yeah. around. Like, what the? Like, I'm sitting here like, what the this fuck? This is what it took. I was so this mad. Is what it took. I was so, I was so fucking like, mad. Uh, and me too, me too. Don't get me wrong. 
don't get me wrong. I hated this part. I, I, I beyond hated this part. Like I, like I don't care. Like yeah. that fucking crocodile ate every fucking character. But why did they have to do this? Like, th- trust me, man. I, I know. I get it. And, and to make it was... worse, as it's happening, <laughs> I realized what they were gonna do next. I was like, yeah. this motherfucker yeah. is gonna have to climb up his fucking dog to get out because the dog's fucking sacrificial death is what ultimately leads to his master's fucking escape, man. And yeah, they grabs a pipe, kills the crocodile with that final death blow. And yeah, uses his dead body, his dead dog's body to climb up. And it falls off of the lead into the pool, and he uses the rest of that chain to climb up. And he's like, finally, I'm out of here. Great. This is cool. <laughs> you know? But fuck, Koi's still under there. I got to get her. So I'm going yeah, to have to find a way to get back in. 10 minutes. <laughs> and like, he, he uses that dead, whole man. pipe to swing over. Yeah, she's dead. There's no way like, she's coming back. He uses it like an action movie fucking star, like using the like when he does that whole jump with the pole, and then on this he's yeah. got the pole All of a sudden, into the thing, and he's like, he's like flying <laughs> through the fucking air, and he's dangling over the pool <laughs> to try to like break this thing open. It busts, and he catches himself on the end. Like he did this like he was the fucking stuntman. All of a sudden, and <laughs> and, then, and and like I said, she's down there now for like ten fucking minutes, easy. Like this was such a cheat. Yep. There's no way this chick nope. should have survived this at all. She should have fucking died, and that would have been. Uh, again, I would have accepted it as an ending. You know what? Ultimately, this guy, yep. because of yep. his 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 the, the way he was, his sins have led to led to this situation, and and whatever. I would have been mad about the dog. I wouldn't have been mad about her, but no. Instead, I'm left mad because, you know, his CPR and his fucking abyss moment where he's, like, kind of yelling at her and shit. But, like, at least in the abyss it made sense because the water was so cold yep. that she went into hypothermia. At least they gave you a science <laughs> yeah. explanation for that one. This one is just, no, we're going to let it fucking happen. Lindsay, no, you never gave us up on anything in your life. Now breathe, damn it, breathe. Like, come on, man. Ed Harris' fucking scene was uh, so yeah. phenomenal. I could not stop Sorry. fucking laughing. After he gives her CPR, and he's like, oh, shit, it's not working. So I'm just going to fucking bounce her up and down my arms until she wakes up. It's going to happen. Come on, wake up, damn it. Wake it's up. a new CPR <laughs> technique. Uh, it's a new yeah, CPR technique. It's not, it's, not widely, it's not widely known just yet. Well, it's how the crocodile no, it's, 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 it's a tie So, yeah, he, he bounces her up and down in his arms, screaming, damn it, live. And she does live. She wait. I was like, you know what? No, no, she should have died. Like, I was in yep. the camp of she should have died. Like, she should, he should have been left alone in this fucking pool going, you know what? All I had to do was just fucking wake up and get out when my fucking friend told me to. Um, but instead, they both survive. And then we get to the credits where it goes from live action to drawings and there's really fucking bad music that you would hear in a Chinese buffet as we see, like, all the actors and everybody <laughs> involved. And it's like, oh, this is fun. Like, you know, hey, you know, they live to see another day. But, again, moral of the fucking story if your friend goes, I'm leaving, you're going to be left alone, get the fuck out of the pool, man. Get out. Like, I don't care how sleepy you are. You could sleep on a fucking deck chair. <laughs> you don't need to stay in the pool. But, of course, Day did. And he's going to make a fucking terrible father. I know it now. Calling it now. 
<laughs> but remember when it saved you, babe, from that fucking crocodile? I yeah, but you still suck I wonder if they're going to have a pool when they're, like, together in their house. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be allowed to have a dog again. Uh, that's no, yeah, I would never want them to have a dog. Yeah, never. So, uh, yeah, that was the pool from 2018. Um, you know, like I said, from, I did. you know, the, the, the worst part is the You're dog. welcome. Like, you know, it, it, it was so unnecessary, and yeah. it happened, and it's like, okay, well, we need a way for them to get out of the pool, so we're going to do it this way. But did you really need to have a focus on the dog's face as it dies and just looks off into the fucking sunset? No, you didn't. You could just show its paws, you know, kind of shaking and say, okay, we'll get it. But no. Ping. Definitely no, what they could have done so was good. cut away completely. You could have heard the snap and just watched the character's <laughs> reaction to his dog dying. Yep. Okay, we did not need nope. any – like at no point in my life – did I need a film in which I had to see a demise of that nature? You know, it's bad enough we have these yeah, dog yeah. purpose fucking movies which show me dogs dying again and again and again as its soul is trying to fucking get back to its master. But no, this one has to fucking <laughs> yeah. really take the cake. It, it was just, it was horrifying. I mean, like, I even thought about, like, Halloween 1978 when Michael killed Wester the dog and you just see the legs kind of go slack. I was like, that's enough. We know, but it's not fucking brutal. It's just like, yeah, that's what Michael does. <laughs> this movie, Ping is like, hell yeah, we're going to show that fucking dog's face, and you're going to have to fucking deal with it. And I was like, no, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> just kill the crocodile already. Like, just get it out of there. Like, but, you know, so. No, even the crocodile didn't want to die. You know what I mean? I, I could have fucking no. lived with the crocodile living, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you said, tape its mouth shut. Problem solved. <laughs> it's just... A lot of missteps in this movie. But anyway, as we close out, that was the pool from 2018. Uh, next week, it goes to my pick. Uh, so, you know what? Let's go, boys. The buzz is back. Leatherface is back. Oh. He comes back on the 18th. So let's next week talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by David Blue Garcia. Okay, so, so we're actually going there, huh? <laughs> it's on this uh, place. Do you know where to find it? Do it. Do it, so do it, do it. We are going to fuck it. Our first new, new film on the show from 2022, releasing on Friday. We're going to go see where Weatherface has been, you know, for the past 40 years and talk about him. I can't wait. I just, I, I knew I wanted to, to go back into that world. So let's talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre next week. Oh, man, sounds, sounds a like a plan. Butcher, it's going to be a butcher fest next week. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see. Hey, listen, I, I, I mean, I'm going in with low expectations. I hope something fun happens where we can talk about it. But we're going to do our due diligence as we do on the show and talk about it next week. So thank you so much for your pick this week, Dean, of the pool. And we'll see you back here next week for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad that you all loved it this time around. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. I'm the Mad Monkey saying goodnight, everybody. <laughs> All right. Go. Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Boku, bang, bang. <laughs> that Pizza Hut. Very good. Tasty, tasty. Stay scared. <laughs> it's good when you're drunk or you're desperate. I will say that. Pizza Hut does have its, its pluses. 
It's never good. And any time I ever get Pizza Hut, I always just come away. So, like, I, I have this. I know we only have like sixty seconds. So, uh, yeah, anytime I get Pizza Hut, man, it's like I'm vastly disappointed because it's like in my head I build it up like, oh yeah, man, I haven't had Pizza Hut in like a year. It's gonna be so tasty, and then I have it, and I'm like, why the fuck did I have this? <laughs> I know it sucks. It's the worst. You always feel worse after eating it. I don't know why it exists, but it does. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And until we meet next week, where we talk about our boy, Bubba, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. We're coming for it. See you next week, folks. Bye.